This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's talk about the military tensions between the United States and Iran now. U.S. President Donald Trump said this morning he aborted a military strike on Iran after Iran earlier shot down a U.S. surveillance drone. In a series of early morning tweets this morning, uh, Trump said the United States was cocked and loaded, ready to strike three military targets in Iran. The president said he called the attack off after learning 150 people could have been killed in the strike. Let's talk about this situation now with my guest, Stephanie Carvin, Assistant Professor of International Relations at Carleton University. Hi. Hello. Thanks very much for coming on. I mean, this is kind of, it, it seems like a scary situation. I mean, is this a real a possibility of a, a, a military conflict here? Or is, I mean, this is not just some sort of wag the dog kind of Trump thing, is it? Or is it real? I, you know, <laughs> these are all really good questions. And yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm unsettled by this, shall we say. It's it's never good when uh, two countries with major militaries are kind of doing this dance with each other. And really, I'm, I'm, I have to say, the thing that I'm reminded of, I'm reminded of is 2017, where we were basically having the same conversations, but instead of Iran, we were talking about North Korea. And, right. um, you know, we saw the tense, uh, you know, the escalation, 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 and then it all kind of, went away. Right. Um, and so, you know, this is the problem is that um, Trump, you know, <laughs> you have uh, presidential advisors and any government has advisors and foreign policy staff that are there and they're supposed to be crafting a policy which, you know, gives you a range of options at every stage. But with Trump, that's not how he operates. It's, you know, I think, you know, he listens to the last person that was in the room that impressed him as opposed to to, you know, a thoughtful consideration of advice. And so, uh, you know, what what I worry about is, you know, in the case of North Korea and even Venezuela, we've seen this kind of up rhetoric and then suddenly it kind of goes away. And what I worry about in the case of Iran, because that's a particularly uh, volatile situation, is that we may see the same thing, but eventually it could accidentally lead to war because of some kind of misunderstanding or perhaps even right. a deliberate action, depending on how you see this drone issue. Yeah, especially when you consider that there, there seem to be a lot of hotheads in control in, in both countries. Uh, I mean, you've got two tough-talking kind of nationalist leaders, but if you consider Trump, for example, I mean, he's got John Bolton around him, he's got Mike Pompeo, he's got these hawks all around him, so are, are they influencing him and potentially uh, could we blunder into a, a war here because Trump is listening to these hawks? Well, that's just it. And that, you know, and it's interesting. So the reporting on this issue that's coming out of the New York Times is saying just that, right? That Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, who's a national security advisor, as well as Gina Haspel from the CIA, they were all counseling for some kind of strike in retaliation for this, um, you know, for the, the Iranian actions against the drone. Trump himself, you know, <laughs> You know, I used to use this expression when I, when I worked in intelligence that a broken clock can sometimes be right twice a day. Um, and, you know, I think with Trump, his instinct is not war. He has seen the United States 
stumble into conflict after conflict and nothing good ever really comes out of it. And I think, you know, so I think, you know, as much as he's has, bizarrely, he has surrounded people he seems to not agree with, but for whatever reason, I think he is not looking to get into an armed conflict. And so, you know, all kinds of, of, of theories you can, you can go from that. One is, you know, can the Iranians then play him? Because they know that he really doesn't actually want to get into a conflict. Or is it that, you know, we're worried that, you know, one day that he may just, you know, because he's not a very predictable person. One day he may just like right. turn on a dime and say, OK, yep, that's it. We're going to war. So it, it is interesting. I, I really wouldn't put too much stock in the uh, people around him. Trump, you know, he makes up his own mind. Um, right. <laughs> Uh, however that works. And um, so, so yeah, I'm not sure that the, the, the belligerents around him are, they seem to be successful in getting him to put extra troops in the region, but actually getting him to commit to force. Trump doesn't yet, and I emphasis on the word yet, seem to want to go there. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that Trump seems to be kind of one of the more sort of calmer heads in, in this. And he said yesterday, for example, that Maybe the attack on the American drone, which, by the way, is like a hundred million dollar piece of equipment here. It's almost like a big airplane. Uh, so it's not like a little you sometimes we think of a drone as this little small thing. And this is a major piece of hardware here. Um, oh, but yeah, Trump, for sure. Trump yesterday said, well, maybe it was a mistake but that somebody made. He had earlier told The New York Times that uh, earlier attacks on some oil tankers that had been blamed on Iran. Trump said, well, you know, the damage on the tankers wasn't that bad. He tweets out this morning that he called off this this retaliatory strike because he thought it would be a disproportionate reaction by the United States if 150 people are killed in these military strikes. So it almost seems like Trump is is the calmer one with the, with all these hawks around him. Yeah, and it's not just you know the hawks around him domestically; it's also internationally too. Saudi Arabia, Israel—they really want um, you know Iran to get a big old punch in the nose too. They're they're not fans. So yeah, I mean it really is interesting to see how uh, you know. He seems to have this idea of proportionality in yeah. his head, yeah. which is and that's good. actually a good thing. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, like, look, like power to him. Yeah. Um, and because I, I really, you know, the problem is when you do these kinds of strikes, when you do these things, they're so unpredictable. You don't know how they're going to go. You don't know how the states can react. You don't know how the people are going to react. There's a lot of people who are pushing this narrative that, you know, all, all the U.S. has to do is kind of topple the regime and the people will help overthrow it and yada, yada. We've heard this story time and time again, and frankly, it's never really worked out. And for whatever reason, Trump seems resistant to that story. And, right. uh, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and call myself a fan of his foreign policy because um, <laughs> there's certainly a lot of other things that I disagree with. But in this respect, I think his instinct is correct. Okay, speaking to Stephanie Carvin from Carleton University about the uh, tensions here between the United States and Iran. Um, that said, though, I wonder if you have any concerns that these two countries seem to be on a collision course. I mean, if you take, there's a ton of military ships in, in the Gulf over there right now, and you, you got John Bolton is, is heading to Israel to meet with Netanyahu, and they seem to be, Israel seems to be spoiling for a fight with, with Iran. And is, despite Trump's kind of, I don't know, a little bit somewhat measured comments here in the in the last couple of days. Do you think that it, uh, a strike is maybe uh, inevitable? 
or a showdown? You know, that's a really interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I was actually in Israel two weeks ago and had the opportunity to talk to people there on the ground from all different walks of life, whether uh, you know the government, the military, former military, um, you know, think tankers, and everything. And what was really interesting is that on so many of these international issues and questions, and even their own Palestinian question, they have this very nuanced and detailed understanding. But when it comes to Iran, they really do just see it as an evil regime that's out to destroy them. And so I think one of the risks that we have in the region generally is that if the U.S. doesn't strike, will Israel? And will it do it unilaterally and then try to bring the U.S., uh, maybe other countries in as a result right. by, by, you know, doing those strikes. So that's a real possibility. Certainly that was something that Obama was afraid of um, and, and worked really hard to, to try and prevent because we, we do know that Netanyahu, who was having to run in another election again, let's not forget that part. Um, he, his government, he was unable to form a government after the last election. They've called new elections. And so there's a whole other dynamic going on there right now. And, and but, you know, it does involve the U.S. in that sense because the U.S. is a major guarantor of Israeli security. So um, I think that there's, you know, uh, you're right. I think we have to look at this region as a bit of a tinderbox. There's people who are very smart, who are in power, who have good understanding of this issue, but there's a lot of animosity. We're seeing a lot of changing dynamics because we're seeing, you know, you have um, kind of the conservative states, the states that want to keep things the way they are, um, that maybe take a kind of a hardline view of Iran. So that's Saudi Arabia, that's Israel, and, and their uh, allies in the region. And then you have kind of um, the more revolutionary states in the region, which are Iran and Syria. And then you have these kind of states that are kind of playing this middle game, like Turkey and Qatar. And, you know, they also want change in the Middle East, but aren't necessarily prepared to go to the same lengths as Iran and Syria. So it's it's a really crazy game is what I'm trying to get at. And everyone has different interests and animosities. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take much to start a major conflict. We saw that in World War One. So this is why I worry. Right, yeah, I find this it... This is why I don't sleep at night. This no, is why I, I eat I'm, a lot of carbs. I find, <laughs> I find it concerning, <laughs> too. Like, I think maybe it's... I don't know. Maybe it's more dangerous than, than people think. I mean, Trump Trump sort of walked it back, I guess, this morning. I thought that was a rational thing for him to say. Like, when that, my generals told me 150 people could be killed in this strike, I said, no, that's disproportionate. And I thought, okay, that sounds that seems reasonable. But I, I wonder if there's like a... Uh, a lack of a face-saving kind of exit ramp for for both of these kind of tough-talking leaders in both countries. I mean, this kind of started when Trump canceled the the nuclear deal with the, with Iran and the, the military, the economic sanctions, and now we've had these uh, this attack on a drone and oil tankers. I mean, is there is there a face-saving way for both countries to kind of back down? Well, in the case of North Korea, we had this you know this very strong rhetoric, and that eventually led to peace talks. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Trump would go this route with Iran. I just think the institutional resilience is probably too strong in the U.S. right now. Um, but you're right. I think you're right. Like, so how, what comes of this? But Trump also seems to be the kind of guy who doesn't worry about these kinds of things. <laughs> you know, he seems willing to just kind of walk away from things and not really worry about them. So, uh, like I said, I don't know if this is just his kind of, you know, we've had it with we've had it with North Korea. We've had it with Venezuela. Is this just his new summertime preoccupation? And will he walk away, or is because of you know he is surrounded by so many people who are kind of seem spoiling for a fight with Iran? Will he actually go in that direction? And the okay. problem with this president is that we just don't know. 
we'll He's see just what... so unpredictable. And there's no strategy. Yeah, go ahead. Right. It's all Un... good. It's all bad, actually. Unpredictable for sure. We'll see what uh, comes later today and the days ahead. And thanks very much for coming on. Hey, happy to come on and, and uh, fret about the world with you. All right, Stephanie Carvin, Assistant Professor of International Relations at Carleton University.